Thanks for checking out the Church RC podcast today. If you're new to the Church RC or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online simply by going to thechurchrc.com. Or we'd love for you to stay connected throughout your week and everywhere you go with the Church RC app, available for free wherever you download your apps. Now here's Pastor Brian Sparks. Before I jump in, but let's, uh, let's just welcome our online church. Come on, all of our people that are joining us on a podcast and online, we just welcome you. Thank you so much for listening. We pray that you get something out of this. If you're ever in the area, please stop by and visit. We'd love to see you. Amen. Turn to Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10. I'm going to test you Bible, your Bible skills out today. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10. If you don't have a Bible, that's cool. Uh, We always have one right here on the big screens for you. That's totally fine. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10. If you need a Bible, please let us know. We are happy and we will give you a Bible. We will get you a Bible. Amen. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10. Says this, two are better than one because they have a good return on their labor. If either of them falls down, come on, this is where it really comes in handy. One can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Amen? If you're taking notes today, you can title this message, You've Got a Friend in Me. Come on, just real quick, just tap three people around them. Just let them know, you've got a friend in me. You can sing it to them. Come on, if you, if you, you can sing it to them if you want. You, come on, sing it, y'all. Sing it. You got this. You've got a friend of me, amen? Lord, I just thank you right now for the word of God. I thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. I thank you that every ear in here is open, receptive to hear your word. Lord, they didn't come to hear a word from man. They've come to hear a word from you. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd speak to the hearts of your people. Let every life be changed. Let no one leave the same. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, You've got a friend of me. You know, uh, my wife is awesome. She is amazing. She is incredible. She is beautiful. She's talented. You can tell that I'm probably going to talk bad about her because you always got to, come on, you got to layer it. You got to do the bad, the good, the, yeah. But, but here's the thing is my wife is, really is amazing and, and she can do so much. Uh, just don't pick her for any sports team ever, okay? I'm just going to let you know. Let her be the last one picked because... She's not good at sports at all. And, uh, and, but, but she can do about, I mean, like if you ever, I mean, she is awesome. She can do about anything else. And, uh, but uh, it wasn't too long ago that she decided that she wanted me to hang a mirror in the house. Now, I don't understand why women always think that whenever a guy is doing something that it, the, and they want something done that they can just say, hey, let's, I want you to do this. And they'll drop everything and come do it, right? I was busy. I had things going. The mirror was going to have to wait. And I told her that. I said, no, I ain't doing it because I'm a man. <laughs> Some of you need to take notes. No, I ain't doing it, woman. I'll do it when I, whenever I say. I didn't really say any of that. I said, honey, I'm busy. Do you mind if I just finish this up? And she's like, no. Well, she gets in and like she, like most women, she decided, you know what? I'm ready to have this thing hung. So she decided I can hang a mirror. So she goes to work on this mirror and uh, she's going to get this thing all set up and ready. And it's going to be awesome and amazing. And then she's going to brag to me and, and, uh, and about 15, 20 minutes goes by and, and she comes out and she is mad. 
I mean, aggravated. And I was working in the yard doing a few things and, and she's aggravated and, and she comes out, she's got like beads of sweat rolling down her forehead. And I, I said, what, what's going on? She goes, get in here and hang this mirror. And I did whatever good guy says. Yes, ma'am, I'm coming to hang the mirror. Come on, because I'm a man. I know where my bread is buttered, as they say. So anyway, so I, I, I go in and she begins to tell me, she's like, I've been trying to hang this mirror for 15 minutes. And it, I, I can't get the screw set. There's something wrong with your drill. I said, really? And I was like, the first thing I asked was, does it work? Like, is it, is it, when you pull the trigger, does it work? She goes, yeah, it works. I'm like, okay. And so I walk over and I quickly find out the problem with my drill is that it was not in forward. It was in reverse. <laughs> so for 15 minutes, she was backing the screw out, <laughs> holding it in place and it would not go in. Come on, somebody. How many of you know that you can have something and not know how to use it? How many of you know that you can actually, you can have something, come on. How many of you have seen these Facebook things where people are working out on equipment and they apparently have no idea what they're doing? Come on, because they're doing it completely wrong. You ever seen these videos uh, of people that are trying to do something and they, they have the equipment, they have everything that they need, but they don't know what they're doing. And you can have something and not know how to use it, or you can have something and be using it incorrectly. You know, I think that's kind of where friendship has become. We have, everybody in this room probably has friends. But I would ask you this question, are you using your friends or are you getting the most out of your friend, the friends in your life? Do you have them and are you not using them correctly? See, here's the thing is, is that here in Ecclesiastes we read, it's two are better than one, right? Because we get the most out of our labor and if one of us falls down, they're there to pick us up. And, and, and you know, I feel sorry for the guy who doesn't have anybody there if something happens. The thing is, is that a lot of us have friends, but do we have good friends? Do we have people in our lives that really help us? Do we, do we really have this description? You know, the thing is, is that God, we really do believe that you're not supposed to do life alone, that you need people in your life. That's why we're preaching this whole series. That's why we push you into community because we know that it's important for you to be, have somebody in your life. God even looked at Adam after he created Adam and he said this, it's not good for man to be alone. It's not good for you to be by yourself. It's not good for you to be alone. It's not good for you not to have anybody in your life. Well, I'm a self-made man. Listen, you need people in your life. You need friends. You need people around you. You need to celebrate, people that celebrate you and to help you. Just for the next 20 seconds or so, I want you, if you got a piece of paper or you got a phone or whatever it is, just, just take about 20 seconds and I want you to write down your friends. Just write down your friends. Come on, write down the people. And now here's the thing is don't write down your spouse. Well, she's my B BFF, pastor. Shut up. <laughs> Same time for brownie points, okay? I want you to actually write down your friends. The people that you can call. Let me just define a friend, what I think a true friend is. People you can call at two in the morning if you need them and they'll be there. They'll be tired and angry, but they'll be there. Huh? 
They're the people that, are, that, that you, can, you can pick up the phone and whatever's going on in your life, if there's something happening, then, then they'll be there for you no matter what. Just, take, just write down a few of your friends, however many it is. Somebody goes, well, how many? Well, however many you got. I guess if you got 500 friends, then write them all down. The people that you can call at any moment and they'll be there for you. Now, I want you to look at those names of the people that you wrote down. Statistics say this, that you are the average of those five friends. You are the average of those five friends. For some of you, that's trouble. Because you're like, oh man, I'm the average? You fall flat dab in the middle of those five friends. Whatever it is, if they're good or if they're bad, you fall right in the middle of those people. Proverbs 13, 20 says this, become wise by walking with the wise. Hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. Hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. Here's the thing, just as important as having friends, it's important to have the right kind of friends, to surround yourself with people in your life that are the right kind of people. Here's the deal is if you want to be more successful, I would ask you this question and you're sitting back and you're going, not as as successful as I want to be. I'm not uh, where I want to be. I'm not reaching my goals. It seems like I'm just spinning my wheels. I would ask you this. Are you hanging out with successful people? Huh? Are you hanging out with successful people or are you the most successful in the bunch? If you want better kids, let me ask you a question. Are you hanging out with people that have good kids? Huh? Because they're obviously they're doing something right. Or are your kids the least devilish of the bunch? Huh? Whenever they get together, everybody talks about how good your kids are and they're screaming in the aisles, running like crazy people. Is that the kind of people that you have? Or do you have people in your life that have good kids? To behave themselves, respectful, loving, caring, not perfect. If you want a good marriage, do you hang around people that have good marriages? Are they as jacked up as you are? Hmm? The Bible says if you walk with the wise, you'll become wise. So if you walk with people with good kids, guess what? You're probably going to have good kids. If you walk with people that are successful, guess what? You are the average of those people. So guess what? You're going to become more successful. If you walk with people, come on, that have good marriages, you're going to have a good marriage. Why? Because people will help you get to where you're going. This I'll tell you this much, that you will never get to where you want to go unless you walk with people that know where they're going. You will never get to where you want to go unless you're walking with people that know where they're going. You've got to surround yourself with people. Young people, you should listen to this. You need to surround yourself with people that are doing the right things, that are, that are successful, that are going after goals. That I don't care what, they might be popular in high school. Popularity in high school ain't nothing, man. I'm telling you right now, the most popular people in high school are 800 pounds overweight and not doing anything with their life, but they talk about about the good old days. But can I tell you the people that are doing something they, that you look at them and they said, I got a goal. I got a dream. I'm not partying every Friday night. I'm going after something greater in my life. Those are the people that you set around your life. 
It's amazing. Have you ever seen, you ever go to a high school reunion and the people that you get around are doing the same thing that they were doing in high school? They're still partying with the same people? Still working a dead end job? Huh? Why? It's no accident. It's because they never changed their friends. And the old saying is, if you, ch- if you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. So if you keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over again, you're going to keep getting the same results you've been getting. Well, I can't friend up, Pastor. Well, you can't go nowhere, Pastor. I'm telling you right, that, right now. You're not going to go anywhere. You've got to say, you know what? I, I, I believe that if I surround myself with some successful people, if I get around some people that are doing better than me, I believe that maybe they could push me to become better. That's a good friendship. The American Sociological Review says this, the average American has two close friends. Probably most of you, when I um, ask you to write down your friends, you probably wrote down two names. Don't worry, you're not weird. That's what the average American has is two friends. And, uh, but, but here's the thing, and that might not seem like a staggering number or anything, but 25 years ago, the average American had six friends. 25 years ago, the average American had six, and now we have two. There's no doubt that we're becoming less and less friendly as a society. There, there's no doubt that we are, uh, friendship is declining. That's just the way it is. There, this friendship, uh, the, this thing that we call friendship is declining in America. 25%, now this is shocking, one quarter of you would, would say this, that honestly, if I'm being real honest, I don't even have one close friend. Wow. I mean, a real close friend, somebody that I could call if I needed help. I don't, I don't even have one. of Americans report they have no close friends. uh, Americans are becoming, and friendship in America is declining. Is it because we're becoming less uh, friendly? No, I don't think so. But there's a few things that I think are factoring in to the decline of friendship in America. Can I give them to you? You ready? Number one, increase in work hours. Come on, increase in work hours. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Increase in work hours. You work so much. 85% of men say that they, were, uh, they work well over 40 hours a week today. 66% of women say that they work way over 40 hours a week Now, here's what's amazing is, is that 25 years ago, that wasn't the case. Used to, it was a 40-hour work week. We worked 40 hours, and that, that's what we did. We just went to work. We paid the bills. We enjoyed life. We took count. But now, we work towards the American dream. But what we don't realize is that when we actually achieve the American dream, there's nobody there to enjoy it with. We don't have friends. We're so busy. Come on, you know how it is. Hey, man, how you doing? Oh, busy, man. That's our favorite thing, busy. 
We're busy. We've got things going. We've got so much. I've worked so many hours. And here's the thing is that America, we have no, you just keep working and you keep working. And if you want to go climb a little higher, you got to work a little harder. And it's all about how many hours you work to get to the top. According to the International Labor Organization, Americans work 137 more hours per year than Japanese workers. They work 260 more hours per year than British workers, and they work 499 more hours per year than French workers. So if you're looking for a place to move, move to France. Amen. They've got something figured out. And all of these societies have friendships. And used to, we had friendships, but now we just work more and more and more. And the truth is, is the more we work, we just, we just keep spinning our wheels and we're trying to earn it. And the, and, and the fact is, is that even if you had a friend, you couldn't keep them. Because you're too busy. Too busy to make friends, much less keep a friend. And on top of that, we live in a kid-centered society. I got to give my baby everything they want. I know people that, man, they've got them in football and baseball, basketball, soccer. Come on, I can keep going at Boy Scouts because that's, we, we got something, we got to just do it all. And I, I know parents that literally are running. They get off work, they pick their kid up and they run from the time they get off all the way through. And it'll be 10, 11 o'clock at night before they get home. And they do this Monday through Friday and then they go to games all day on Saturday and they don't have time for anything. Right. Too busy. It's okay to tell little Johnny no. Come on. My kids know this, you can be involved in one sport pick it. You want basketball? Cool. That's what you're in. Nothing else. Well, that's not fair. That's plenty fair. I like my life and I like my friends and I like having some time off and I enjoy time with my kids. I'm off of it. All right. I'm off of it. Chill chill out. Y'all don't look at me like that. I'm telling you the truth. You know, it's true. Number two, second thing that's causing a decline in friendships is this. We have an increase in divorce rates. Now, don't get mad. I'm not talking bad about divorce, but it it, it does affect friendship, right? It does affect friendship. Crystal had a a, a lady that goes to the church, and and, uh, her and her husband went through a divorce. And, you know, we're always there for people, and we love people, and we care for people. And obviously, you know, things happen. We know that. And so Crystal was just checking on her. Hey, how are you doing? And she said this. She goes, Pastor Crystal, I had no idea how many people would be affected by our divorce. Because the thing is, is that it's not just who gets the house, who gets the dog, who gets the kids, who gets the friends, who gets the church. Huh? Who gets the friends? That, that's a question, and you're going to pick a side. Right? You, you go to pick a side. You got, no, no, no. There ain't none of this. Oh, well, we're friends with both of them. <laughs> you're picking a side and he's a jerk. So you're going with her side, right? That's just what happens. It's you pick a side and we end up with this thing and who gets the friends? And it, this divorce, uh, rise in divorce rate has caused a decrease in friendship because the friends that you have, you no longer have. 
the third thing I think that has caused a decline in friendship is the explosion of social media. Now, here's the thing. Don't think this is an anti-social media message, okay? I like social media. I'm, I'm a fan of it. I get on there and I creep just like all the rest of you, right? I look at Facebook. I know what you're saying. I know what you're doing, right? I saw you at the club last night. You're better together shirts and shooting jack. Come on, somebody. Just don't wear your RC Kids shirt for crying out. <laughs> Just kidding. But here's the thing is that there's this explosion in social media, and I'm on lots of different. We use as a church. We use social media. Uh, we believe in social media. So don't think this for a moment is an anti-social media uh, rant at, at, at all. But the fact is, and I think everybody in here would have to admit that social media has changed the way we view friendships. It changes the way we actually view friendships. We think that everybody on social media is our friend. And the truth is, is that they would not be there if you called them at two in the morning. They won't even be there if you post at two in the morning. Right? They're not around. They're not going to be there. They're just not going to be a part of it. But here's the thing is, is that, that social media is beginning to change the way we view friendships. And we think that these people are my friends because that's what Facebook calls them. I don't know of anybody in this room that would call everybody in your contacts and let them know that you're having oatmeal for breakfast. But you'll post it on social media. It's oatmeal, people. It's boring. Don't post it. Huh? I don't know of anybody that would do that. But here's the thing is we post things on social media and we don't stop with just our breakfast. We post everything. We post about our relationships. We post about our friendships. We post about our jobs. We post about everything that's going on in our lives, all in hopes that we'll get a like. Because if they like our posts, they must love us. They must be our friends. And the truth is, is that we don't really need the like, we need connection. And we feel like that if somebody likes my post and they're connected to me and I have a friend out there who cares about what I'm going through. But let me just tell you something, that just because somebody knows what's going on in your life does not mean that they are in your life. I know what's going on in Justin Bieber's life, but that doesn't mean that I'm in Justin Bieber's life. Huh? I know what's going on in T.D. Jakes' life, but that doesn't mean me and T.D. Jakes are hanging out right? The thing is, is that that doesn't, just because that I know what's going on in their life does not mean that they're in my life. And some of you are settling for a substitute of people that know what's going on, but they're not really in your life. And let me just tell you that that's not friendship. It's not friendship. Social media shouldn't be a substitute for friendship. It should be a supplement for friendship. Shouldn't be a substitute for, it should be a supplement to. We've got to redefine what a friend really is and understand that a friend is somebody who is there when we need them. And there 
just to celebrate. Amen? Over the next few minutes, I just want to evaluate our friendships. You ready? Let's evaluate our friendships. We evaluate everything else. We evaluate our jobs. We evaluate our finances. We evaluate our kids. We evaluate everything else. We evaluate the worship team. They didn't really do what I liked. Come on. We evaluate the pastor. We evaluate everything else, but a lot of us spend more time picking a red box movie than we do our friends. And friends just are an accident, whatever. They just showed up one day and they just keep hanging around. They just like a bad rash, man. They just won't leave. So I guess I'll just keep scratching them, right? It's just... We need to evaluate our friendships. We need to evaluate the people that are in our lives. And these people that are, what we're, we're doing life with these people, let's evaluate what that life is going to be like. Let me ask you a question. Do your friends lift you up or do they tear you down? Do they lift you up or do they tear you down? See, here's the thing. A lot of times, Friends, that they call themselves friends or people that as soon as you start to try to do better in life, as soon as you try to get out of that old neighborhood, as soon as you try uh, to start a new career path, as soon as you start uh, getting a, you stop doing the, those bad habits that you used to do, anytime you stop, start branching away from that, then what happens is, is they begin to pull you down and they say, who do you think you are? And then their real colors truly begin to shine through. They begin to try to say, no, you don't understand. This is who you are. This is what you've been. This is where you've always are going to be. Huh? That is the question. Are they, are they, are they there? Do they build you up? Or do they tear you down? Second thing I want to ask you is, are your friends good for you or are they good to you? Come on. It's good. Are they good for you? Now, let me just clarify this, that there are, there are people that can be good to you and not good for you. Come on, a drug dealer can be good to you because you got to have it, right? Oh, I'll hook you up. They're not good for you because you're going to end up with no teeth. <laughs> huh? A pimp can be good to a prostitute. That doesn't mean that he's good for her. A married man who's not married to you can be good to you. He buys me all the right things. He says all the things. He does all the right stuff. He buys me jewelry, but that doesn't mean that he's good for you. There's people in our lives that are good to you. Here's the thing is that I have never had anybody, I've had a lot of people in my life that were good to me that weren't good for me. And whenever that happened, all the time, whenever I had people that were in my life that were good to me, but not good for me, I would always end up in trouble. The people in my life that were good for me, I was good. But the people that I had in my life that were just good to me, but not good for me, always got me in trouble. The third question I have for you is, do your friends celebrate you or do they manipulate you? Are they cheering you on? Or are they there to manipulate you to do what they want you to do? 
Come on, you, some of you've got some friends in your life and all they do is manipulate you. That all they do is manipulate you to try to get you to do what they want you to do. You've become like a puppet to them that they can control at the drop of a hat. Friends, real friendship is there to celebrate you, not to manipulate you. The second thing I want to look at and to evaluate is what kind of friend are you? See, it's not enough just to have good friends. We need to be good friends. It's not enough just to have them in our life. It's not enough just to surround ourselves with good people. It's not enough to just do that. We have to, we have to be good friends. I've had people in my life, man, I was there for them. I took care of them. But man, when I needed them, they were nowhere to be found. They would say that they're a good friend to me, but man, I can't find them. They don't check on me. They don't talk to me. They don't hang out with me. They don't give me a call. But man, when they need something, they're picking up the phone and calling me. Those aren't friends, right? They have a jacked up view of friendship. And maybe you're sitting here and going, well, I don't have anybody like that, but maybe you're that person. And when people, when you need them, you're calling them. But you never say, hey, I'm here to check on you. How are you doing? Is everything going okay? How's your mom and them? Huh? We got to be good friends. I feel like this. I think Christians should be the best friends in the world. I think Christians should be, why? Because we serve a God who is a friend to everyone. He's a friend to sinners. He's a friend to people that are broken and who are hurting. And I think that we just need to be friends that just stick close to people in good times and in bad times. So how can we be better friends? How can we be better friends? The first thing we can do is we can be present. Can be present. You know, I think that a lot of times we're really good at being in a room, but not in a room. I had uh, some friends over the other day, and I was sitting around, and I noticed that the conversation had kind of quieted down, and I just kind of looked around, and every one of them were on their phones. every one of them and I'm not a very shy person so I said this I said I'm really glad that I invited y'all all over so I could watch you play on your phones come on why can I just say put your phone down let's really connect connection is not done screen to screen it's done face to face And we've gotten so obsessed with these things and technology. And we think, oh my gosh, I just got to be on my phone. And we're checking people's status that don't care what we're doing in life. But the person sitting across the table needs your presence. And not a fake thing. But to really say, how are you doing? I'm just going to be here in the moment. I'm going to be here with you. I'm here to talk to you. What's going on in your life? How are things going? You need this in your life. You need real friendship. Here's what's amazing as parents. Come on. We're getting worse than our kids. 
In fact, a recent study said this, that kids are so dissatisfied with their parents' obsession with technology, not the other way around. Kids are so disgusted with their parents' obsession with technology. Can I just tell you this, parents? Your kids need you more than you need another Pinterest recipe. And you can be in the room and not in the room. You can be at the event and not in the event. Be present. That's how we become better people and better friends. We're just present. I loved what Pastor Brandon Holler, he shared a message and he said that he just tragically lost a child. He said, the one thing I remember most is that I had a friend sit down beside me and I don't know what he said, but he just sat there and he was just present. No great words because sometimes words can't be said, but presence powerful second way and I gotta stop is be open just be open if what you have what you call friendship is people that surround you that only know the great things about you you don't have real friendship because real friendship is open and it's vulnerable And it's them knowing that not everything in, come on, they know your breath stinks in the morning. They know what you really look like. That's real friendship. They know what's going on in your life. And my best friend, Scott Boney, I can call him and and it doesn't matter what's going on. I can say, hey man, Scott, this is going on in our lives. And my wife's acting like a crazy woman. I don't know what's going on. Like, and he's like, man, I'm there for you. My wife's just as crazy. And we can just talk to each other. open it's not acting like you have it all together true friendship is open I love this quote it says a true friend exposes your strengths covers your weaknesses but tells you the truth about both that's what real friendship is. They expose your strengths. They're there celebrating you. They're, they're there pushing you on. They're there saying, man, you're awesome. You got this. You're amazing. They know your weaknesses and they're there to say, hey, man, you need to work on this. You need to do more with this. You need to, you need to get this in right. You need to get this right. You need to stop doing this. I'll tell you the truth about both of them. Here's the deal is you might impress people with your strength you'll connect with people through your weakness knowing that you don't have it all together and that you ain't perfect because that's not what friendship is I love Proverbs 17 17 says this a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a time of adversity can I tell you that you need a friend maybe you're in this place and you say I don't have a friend I don't have anybody in my life. I'm, I'm part of that 25%. If I'm real honest, I'll tell you this, that I don't have somebody close to me. Can I tell you a great place to meet friends is in community? Getting around people and saying, you know what? I need a friend. 
And it's not going to happen overnight. It's not one of those things that's just going to happen all of a sudden. It's one of those things that takes time to develop real friendship. But when you open up and you get into a community group, guess what happens? God will begin to give you friends. And you need friendship. Amen? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Lord, as today as we evaluated our friendships, Lord, I pray right now that you would reveal to us, Lord, the people that are in our lives that aren't good for us. God, that we, you would reveal to us those people that are trying to hold us back, the people that are trying to keep us back because God, you have such a great destiny for our lives. And Lord, I pray that we would begin to surround ourselves with people that are celebrating us, the people that are championing us, and people that are saying, you know what, you can do this, you can make it, you're going to go farther. God, that we would surround ourselves with the relationships that challenge us to become better. And Lord, that you wouldn't just give us friends like that, but God, that we would be friends like that. God, we'd be there moments not just when they need us most but in every moment God help us to become better friends at the church RC we aim to help you encounter Jesus if this ministry has blessed you in any way and you'd like to contribute financially you can go online to thechurchrc.com slash giving if you have a story to share about how God is moving in your life, send us an email at amen at thechurchrc.com.